0: Okay. All right. I'm going to call this meeting of the Planning Commission to order. Welcome, everybody. Um, Initial transactions. Shall we do roll call, Cindy?
1: Happy New Year,
0: Happy New Year. Year. Year Commissioner Dickinson? Uh, Here. Commissioner Sesson? Here.
2: Here. Commissioner Lynn? Here. Commissioner Beely? Here. 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 Here.
0: Okay, great. Um, uh, we need to approve the minutes from our last meeting, which was on November thirteenth. I was not here. Can anybody give me? Um, um, oh, actually, we have minutes from the Airport Land Use Commission and the minutes from our Planning Commission hearing. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Um, And even though we don't have the full complement of the Land Use Commission, we do have a quorum. So does anybody want to, we'll start with the um, Land Use Commission minutes. Does anyone want to? I'll move approval. Thank you, Commissioner Lind. I'll second second? that. Thank you, Commissioner Dickinson. All in favor? Aye. 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 And I'm going to abstain. And I'm abstaining. Okay, and then the minutes of the Planning Commission hearing on November 13th, we have a motion to approve for any changes.
3: Yeah, also move. Thank you, Commissioner Linton.
4: I'll, I'll second that, and I do have one correction to ask. Okay, yep. And that is on um, page uh, six of seven, the top um, straw vote. and pretty certain I voted yes on that one. It was an issue that I argued in favor of, and I think I voted yes. This was a, uh, to allow short-term rental licenses to be transferred to a child of the short-term uh, rental owner on top of page six.
0: Okay. Uh, anyone have any objections to Don's amendment? No. None. Okay. All in favor? Aye. 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 Minutes are approved. Moving on. Um, Any commissioners have any communications that they would like to report to the commission? Okay, hearing none, we'll move on to the director's report. Hi, Jeremy.
1: Welcome to the new year. You have a full compliment. That's nice to see. Um, Let's begin with the preliminary agenda discussion. So um, I sent out just this morning an update to what to expect over the next couple of months. Uh, And I'm not sure if you've gotten this yet, but um, we have nothing scheduled for the 22nd of January. We have then uh, on February 5th and February 22nd um, hearings on the development code amendments related to the uh, housing element implementation. Uh, We already have that draft up online in case you want to take a look at it. Um, We'll be uh, creating the packet for you in the near future and getting that off to you. Um, As usual, we'll start out with a workshop with no resolution attached, uh, take you through some of the issues, uh, give you the opportunity to review that and comment, and um, then we'll bring back uh, the resolution a couple weeks later for you to recommend adoption to the board. That will be on the February 22nd. Uh, we have nothing scheduled for January, for, sorry, for March 4th, uh, or for any hearings thereafter. But I'm sure other things will come up.
5: Right.
0: Okay. Um, All right, Chair. Uh, sorry.
4: Yes. I have a question for staff. Actually, a request, um, and that is, as an individual commissioner, hopefully I'm joined by the um, a request from my fellow commissioners. Um, I'm curious, and I've had people ask me about the status of various projects that have been written up in the uh, independent journal uh, uh, projects on sites uh, listed in the in the county's housing element um, and uh, as of our next meeting it'll be a year since the list was adopted by the board and I'm just curious what the status of those projects are. And I realized, I tried to go online and follow them, and sometimes the information's out of date. And, um, so anyway, the, the ones I specifically asked that I'm aware of, and there may be other ones, too, that the IJ wrote individual articles about were um, 1501 Lucas Valley Road. Um, there was an article about a project on, at the end of Sacramento Avenue in Sorridge Ranch neighborhood in San Anselmo which may or may not actually be an application at this point, but it was a detailed discussion of it. And then the application at um, 70 North Knoll Road. Um, And as far as I'm aware, those are the only uh, sites off the list that have had uh, development proposals or discussions. I'm just curious what the current status of those is after a year's experience. And also, I've had a lot of people express concern about uh, the implication of SB9, being able to subdivide a property and build up to four units on your property, and not specific sites, but just in terms of numbers, I would be curious to, um, to see what has actually happened in the last year.
1: Yeah, I think maybe um, you raise a good point. I can give you a quick update, but um, probably need to do more research. But, you know, we, I think maybe when we're talking about the um, code amendments, uh, we can include a short discre- discussion of, you know, what's been happening over the past year. Because we've had lots of kind of informal discussions with different developers. Whether they go forward or not is always difficult to tell. We do have, you know, that one application on Lucas Valley. Um, and that they actually submitted two applications, but you know. Um, yeah,
4: actually, I wasn't asking for the report now, but at a at a future meeting, so you could.
1: Yeah, go may, maybe the we can include, uh, you know, when we get to the um, development code amendments, we can kind of talk a little bit about how things have been going.
4: I would appreciate that, and yeah. unless there's any
3: objection. I, I agree. Yeah, there's a
1: number of other things which I wanted to bring up during the director's report. Um, you know, this is the start of a new year uh and um so some of you are newer um, but just kind of take you back a few years before COVID uh the kind of tradition for many many years was to have you had a, a um appeal hearing that you would have uh first the applicant then the appellant uh give a presentation and then each one of them would have 10 minutes and then the uh if there were groups they would speak first and they would get five minutes and then if they're individuals they would get three minutes and people would fill out the blue card and then they would come up and, and speak for about a year i think before COVID, um, we had changed that uh, to better match a little bit what the board was doing and there's a couple of reasons for that um, for one thing although we do have the speaker cards uh, under the Brown Act, people can speak anonymously. We cannot require that they identify themselves. And um, while you don't do that, I think there's no legal problem. It does give the impression if you're asking people to like fill out the card and then and then you read out the, the name that they have to do that, that they have to actually identify themselves. Um, so what the board does is they just ask people to line up bef- behind the podium and then come forward one by one. And uh, it's also more efficient to do that. I mean, typically it doesn't matter if you've got a smaller appeal hearing, but with a larger hearing, it actually, you know, saves time overall. Um, And so I would recommend that you consider going back to what you were doing just prior to COVID and actually go back to having people line up. uh, And if they want to fill out a card, they can, but they don't have to. They can just identify themselves as, uh, you know, in, in that line. I think it's probably a still good I- a good idea also to have the appellant go first and then the applicant, and they both get 10 minutes and they can have a presentation, and then probably ask the, um, whoever is representing a group to line up second and come up for their five minutes and then the individuals after that. I think that's an orderly and efficient process closer to what the board does, and, and I think it worked fairly well um before covid so i would recommend going going back to that for this year we're at the beginning of the year so i think we can you know go back to that now um but you know it's up to you of course uh and i think um you know the next thing to keep in mind is that we're going to be asking for uh, nominations for a um, new chair and vice chair uh we'll probably do that the next hearing which is going to be in february so give some thought to that um and um I think also it would be uh, nice to kind of give you updates on on board hearings um, and what what happens at board hearings. Um, So uh, the most recent one was that the board adopted the ADU amendments um, that your planning commission had recommended. Uh, I think there was a minor change to how about how um, short-term rentals could be approved in, in ADUs and legal and non-conforming issues and stuff like that, but more or less, they they approved what um, your your commission had recommended. Um, we do have a special hearing coming up on Thursday, in case you're interested. That's but Jeremy,
6: be- did they change it such that you could use ADUs for short-term rentals? Yeah. So th- that's ma- that's a major difference.
1: Yeah. So what they what they did was uh, they said essentially since the state law went into effect, I think, in 2021, um, that short-term rentals could be uh, put into ADUs that were created prior to that date. Yeah.
6: But not subsequently.
1: But not subsequently, right. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so, of course, there's the short-term rental on, on <laughs> ordinance that's coming up on Thursday. <laughs>
6: I'm so sorry that I'm not going to participate directly in that again.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think pro- par- partially of the board, I think, felt like it was better to regulate the short-term rental issue in the for short-term rental ordinance rather than in the ADU ordinance. Um, so that is coming up. At, it's at 5 p.m. You can go online if you want or you can come here. Um, and uh, the information is available now online. If you want to go on, you can see the whole packet. Um, the recommendation by by your commission um, we have reviewed that carefully with the board we have actually put together some alternatives partially based on some conversations we've had with Coastal Commission staff Um, we're concerned about whether or not the caps were set too low to actually get through the Coastal Commission Um, so those are conversations that we've had so we'll see where that goes but um, more than welcome to attend. You might be um, interested in, things, in, in seeing where it goes. Um, and finally, um, we've got the, um, the calendar, which needs to be, I think this is the third time it needs to be revised. I really wish, yep. the, really wish the board would tell us <laughs> about when the budget hearings are going to take place, but they, they did take out um, March 18th and June 24th for the budget hearings. So that is before you will ask for another uh, roll call vote on whether or not you can um, uh, approve the uh, calendar for this year.
6: Whenever we get these changes, it would really be helpful if you told us what the changes were. I mean, so uh, you are right yeah. now. Oh, I didn't. When I, you did? When yeah. I got the email, it didn't tell me what the difference. I didn't notice that. But anyway, so it's we're, we're not the 18th of
1: can recharge? you just tell
6: me the differences because I don't know where
1: sure, we're taking out two dates uh-huh. from the regularly scheduled calendar. One is March 18th, uh-huh. and the other is June 24th. June 24th. Yeah,
6: and so those are so that's the only
1: differences. We're not adding anything. We're just taking them out. Okay, thank you,
6: Commissioner Maria Munoz. Mar- Mar- yes. yes, actually, May 30th is not marked in this calendar, but it's marked in the previous one.
1: May thirtieth.
6: Oh, you know what? That was one of the changes before twenty eighteen.
1: Yeah, we've gotten too many of these. I think.
6: Yes, yep. I have too many of this.
1: <laughs> yeah, but my apologies.
6: Okay, we're good then.
1: So this is this is the one, and those are the only two changes from the, from your previous approval.
0: If you, if anybody has had a chance to review and wants to make a motion to approve the calendar, we need to do that. So before we take that motion, could I?
3: Yep. I ask this, so I'm seeing one Thursday hearing on the 22nd of February. That's the only one? Mm-hmm. Looks like it.
1: February 22nd. April 4th. April 4th. Uh, April
3: 4th. Uh, okay. okay. I just Thank you, Cindy.
1: Right. Yep. Yeah. That's it.
6: I'll move approval. And at one o'clock, those ones that are on the Thursdays are at one. Thursdays are o- one o'clock. Are they at one o'clock? And at one o'clock.
1: Yeah, that's not in the calendar actually, because we do set them earlier sometimes. But um, well, but for the purposes
6: of our calendar, it'd be really great to know what time they start.
1: Yeah, we we try to avoid earlier um, sessions if if at all possible. So those. The so one f- o'clock
6: is a default, and then if it's earlier, you'll let us know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So
0: Commissioner Lind moved approval. Do I have a second? Second. So Okay. Can we
6: do a roll call, please? Commissioner Dickerson? Yes. Commissioner? Bessert? Yes. Commissioner Lynn? Yes. Commissioner Stanisich?
0: Yes. Commissioner Peran? Yes. Commissioner? Ligley? Yes. Commissioner Gaines. C- yes. Okay, great. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you. So before we leave, I have one.
3: Yep. <laughs> Commissioner Lind has a question. I'm also wondering if, at some point in our schedule, we could get a briefing on the latest um, housing law changes coming out of the state legislature. There are um, ongoing; seems to be something we're going to be living with for the near future. But yeah. and e- even though many of the th- kinds of things being changed won't be coming to us, it's really important for us to be able to understand the sort of total approach that. We're required to consider when we make other types of code amendments and adjustments.
1: Yeah, so in the development code amendments that are coming up, it deals deals with two different things. One are, is the housing element, but it actually also deals with the approved um, changes from last year. Um, we we do like an internal review of everything that applies to us every year, but we don't do that until September because it just changes too much. I mean, we're not. But, All we, the time. Yeah.
3: but many new things have come into effect as of January 1st is my understanding.
1: Yes, and that we will be discussing uh, as part of the uh, development code amendments on in February.
3: But they're not in the development code amendments yet because you already have the, those drafted. so we'll discuss that at the workshop.
1: Everything that's being adop- that's being adopted that applies to us is reflected in the development code amendments. Okay.
0: Okay, thank you. Now is the time for public expression for items that are not currently on the agenda. So if there is anybody who would like to address the commission on an item that is not on the agenda, now is the time. I don't see or hear anyone, so we'll move on to item four, which is the appeal of the design review and CEQA exemption for the Goddesman
7: property. Erin. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Erin Yatta, and I'm the project planner for this uh, project. Uh, today I will be discussing the Gottesman appeal of the Gottesman Revocable Trust at All design review and CEQA exemption. Next slide, please. The property is located at 111 Oak Avenue in Kentfield. Also known as Assessors Parcel 07152-66. Here is an aerial image property. Next slide, please. The proposed project consists of the construction of a pergola that would reach a maximum height of 19 feet two inches above grade, a fireplace wall that would reach a maximum height of 19 feet one inch above grade, and a pool that would reach a maximum height of two feet, six (coughs) inches above grade. Here is an elevation from the project plan set of the pergola and fireplace wall that are proposed to be constructed on top of an existing garage in the front yard setback. Next slide, please. Here is an image of the proposed site plan. The property is zoned R1B2. The proposed pool is located to the southwest of the residence and is in a lawn area proposed to be constructed in the side yard setback. The proposed pergola and fireplace wall would be located on top of the existing garage structure to the south of the residence. They would encroach into the front yard setback close to the front property line and would both exceed a maximum height of 16 feet. Next slide, please. On December 5th, 2022, the design review application was submitted to the planning division and the department of public works land development division. On October 16th, 2023, a decision was issued by the planning division, conditionally approving the project and requiring that the proposed pergola and fireplace wall be eliminated from the future building permit submittal. On October 24th, 2023, the appellants filed a timely petition for an appeal. Here are images of the existing garage structure. The top image provides a side view of the garage, and the bottom image shows a view of the top of the structure. Next slide, please. In the first point of appeal, the appellants assert that the pergola and fireplace wall would be surrounded by a very large trees and the trees would obstruct the view of the structures from the neighbors to the south and west. In response, the trees would only partially obstruct the view of the proposed pergola and fireplace wall, and the properties located to the south would be visible from the area of the proposed development. Here are images that I took from on top of the garage structure. I was standing along the edge that is very near the front property line. The image to the left and in the center is of the rear yard of 105 Oak Avenue. As you can see as a, from the vantage point of a five foot, six inch person, I loomed over that property. The image on the right is from the same vantage point looking towards 103 Oak Avenue, and standing there it was possible to see into the resonance from the rear. Next slide, please. In the second point of appeal, the appellants assert that their neighbors have had opportunities to comment on the project and have not objected. They state their neighbor from 103 Oak Avenue, Bob DeGraff, attended the KPAB meeting and provided public comment and support of the project. In response, the county approves projects based on findings that the project conforms with the countywide plan, the Marin County Code, and the single family design guidelines. The county may not approve a project based on the absence of public objections in lieu of necessary findings. The excessive height, proximity to property lines, and mass and bulk of the proposed pergola and fireplace wall conflict with the required findings. In the third point, or oh, next slide please. In the third point of appeal, the appellants assert that the front yard functions as a backyard and because it is a flag-shaped lot and that KPAP supported the project. In response, the front yard is not a backyard based on the Marin County Code definitions of flag lot, front yard, and front yard setback. The proposed pergola and fireplace wall would exceed the allowable height of 16 feet above grade for detached accessory structure Similar accessory structures could be proposed elsewhere on the property so they would not encroach into the minimum required setbacks or exceed 16 feet above grade. Here are additional images of the property. To the left we see the lawn area where the pool is proposed to be developed. The image in the center was taken from the top of the stairs looking back toward the lawn in the top of the garage. The image on the right shows the front of the residence and the top of the garage structure. Next slide, please. In the fourth point of appeal, the appellants assert that the structure looks tall on paper and the topography of the lot and presence of the garage make the overall height minimal. They state that the height of the pergola and fireplace wall would only be an additional nine feet above the garage one foot lower than the existing basketball hoop, and 10 to 12 feet lower than the residence. In response, per Marin County Code section 22.16.030i, the maximum height of a detached structure is 16 feet above surrounding grade. That section goes on to say that that maximum height of 16 feet may be waived, in unusual circumstances resulting from an irregular site characteristic, location, lot shape, size, topography, where the waiver will not result in a structure that will impinge significantly on sun and light exposure, views and vistas, and privacy of adjacent properties and rights of way. There is no irregular site characteristic that necessitates such a waiver and the development of the pergola and fireplace wall area would result in impinging on the privacy of adjacent properties due to their visibility, proposed excessive height, and proximity. Next slide, please. It is for these reasons that staff recommends the Planning Commission deny the goddessman appeal and uphold the Planning Division's conditional approval of the Goddessmen revocable trust at all design review next slide please thank you for your time and consideration
0: thank you Aaron pardon me Uh, does anyone have any questions for Aaron about this appeal well it's in my district so I have a couple questions (laughs) Um, I I did go out and and see the site and and um, I wish that there had been some story poles at the top of the garage to show how high the pergola had been. That would have been a little bit helpful. But I'm just wondering, you know, and I know that staff likes to, um, like, these, these um, uh, statutes, likes, you know, likes to uphold these statutes and not be too wiggly about them. And... Um, you know, the, the trees on the side of the garage where the proposed fireplace is going to be built uh, provide screening and are well in excess of the height of any pergola. So it, I think it's a little misleading when you say that, I mean, it's, it's true, it's 20 feet above grade, but eight feet above the top of the garage and the top of the garage is not even at the height at, of the foot of the house because it's set so into the slope. So, you know, when you say that's not, a, you know, there are waivers for unusual circumstances, including topography, I'm wondering why is this not included in the topography exemption?
7: It appeared to me that, you know, the the way the site is um, terraced, the way it was, mm-hmm. there's, like, basically a large flat area that was terraced for development, and then there is a steep slope, sloping behind. lot behind the house, yeah. Mm. Um, and it appeared to me, again, as I mentioned in the presentation, that there are areas where it's already been disturbed on that terraced area where these similar structures, maybe not of the same scope or size, could be developed on those areas, um, For example, an area near the pool, you know, a fireplace wall or pergola could be set back further um, away from the front property line, away from the front, set back, and and closer to the residence. Mm -hmm. Um, So in looking at places like that where there was the potential to develop similar structures Mm -hmm. um, without, you know, causing something where it was difficult to – to me, it wasn't possible to find the basis to waive the height requirement in particular – um, and then compounding that by the fact that it is in the front, setback back, and and you know looking into those rear yards does have like an impact of, of being over height. Is the
0: side of the you know the area where the pool is, and I'm I'm presuming that you know, your thoughts on where to put the fireplace and the pergola would be where the pool is, so that would negate any pool option, but. Isn't the side of that area also in the setback to, to the neighbor?
7: Um, when you mean front setback or side setback? Because I'm envisioning, like, that area looked to me like it would be outside of any setbacks. Um, I put the pool, like, in the side yard setback, so it's mm. already kind of closer to the edge of the property. Um, so, again, it's, it may not be possible to m- make the same size pergola in that area, um, but it, it would be possible to do similar type of development in that area and have it concentrated to that area of the property. Because it
0: seemed like the, one of the reasons why the pool was not a good idea was because that was also in the side yard. Yeah, was also oh. in the side yard setback.
7: Ultimately, the pool was approved. Um, so the... the the project approved the pool but then ultimately conditioned to remove the pergola and fireplace wall from the scope. Um, And so the justification for the pool was that it was only two and a half feet above grade. There was adequate screening in that area even though it encroached into the side yard setback which you know we were allowing for. Mm -hmm. um, It didn't really have an impact and could be the findings could be made to approve that.
1: So as a I mean, I think the question is, why are we being so strict? And so <laughs> in general, like, it is far easier to approve a design review for a detached building or structure to encroach into a setback than to approve design review to go over the height. The reason is because of these additional findings, which don't quite get to the level of being a variance, but traditionally we have been very strict about <clears throat> going over that 16-foot height limit as has your commission. Mm-hmm. Uh, been, I think three in my memory when your commission is not approved, um, ex- you know, uh, height variances or height uh, d- deviations above that 16-foot height limit for detached accessory structures. That, I mean, that's not to say that maybe this is right. one where that's justified, but I'm just saying that that's been the tradition.
0: And 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 in the past when we have hesitated to deviate from the 16 foot height restriction. I mean this I do I, I just think that the topography on this on this lot is is a little bit unique.
1: This may be one um, of the... I'm
0: just I, you know I'm just throwing out that out. I'm not going to make an argument yet because we haven't heard from the applicant. <clears throat> but are there any other questions of staff before we hear from, from the applicant?
3: I had a question. Yep. Can Commissioner you tell us the distance to the adjacent properties? I didn't see that on the site plan. The
7: structure. So the pergola, um, mm-hmm. structures. Right. The, the structures so to, to on the on property on lines?
1: The no, the structures to the, the, the other structures line. on the other property. Oh, that is from, the, from the yeah. I'm not sure we have those numbers. The
7: distance? No, you're saying the distance to the structures on the neighboring property.
3: So, do you can you do you know the distance to the other structure setbacks? Are they
7: within their setbacks? Yes. Within the subject property, no. Within in the neighboring, within
3: properties. the na- are the na- are the structures on the neighboring properties within the setbacks for those neighboring properties.
7: It looked like there may be a shed in the rear, so like. But I mean, uh, it may not be encroaching because the side yard setback is the equivalent of the rear. Um, so I couldn't say definitively, but um, there might have been. There was a shed in the rear yard setback of 105. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's visible in one of the uh, images that I took. From above on the garage, but um, for the most part, now the houses are are appear to be conforming, but I couldn't say definitively. I don't have that information.
0: I mean, on visual inspection, it seems like the houses are set well back from the property line,
7: mm-hmm.
0: fifty
2: feet
0: ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other questions?
2: Just, yep, I guess, Commissioner um, Curran. Um, just there. Um, there were no. Um, negative comments from neighbors, is that correct?
7: Correct, yeah. yes ma'am.
0: Questions? Okay, well let's let's hear from the applicant and appellant who are one and the same. So you each have a card filled out and normally we give 10 minutes collectively to, to the applicant, but take your time, we've got nobody else here who, yeah. Okay. Can you? Would you mind going to the um, podium so that we can record you? Thank you.
7: And they also have a PowerPoint to accompany their presentation. Great. Uh, um.
6: hmm? <laughs> All right.
5: Well. We'll just leave it on that for now. Hello, everyone. My name is Alex Gottesman. Um, this is my husband, Freddie Gottesman. Um, we live, obviously, in Kempfield. We've been here for about two and a half years. Um, and prior to this, we were in San Francisco. So Bay Area, um, been here for a while. Uh, we love, love our neighborhood and love our house. Um, and Freddie's going to kind of talk through our project and um, what we have to show for you today.
8: Yeah, and so and part of this is we moved out here because we have two little kids. So we have <laughs> a three and a half year old and a two year old who will both be attending uh, Marin schools. And so we were very excited to like make Marin our home. And when we moved here, um, about a few months in, we started thinking about ways we could make the property work better for us. And a year and a half ago, we had this idea. We started working with a contractor and a designer. And we naively thought, hey, this probably is going to be pretty straightforward. Um, It doesn't change any of the footprint of the property at all, of the existing buildings. Um, We actually talked to our neighbors about it. Two of them are here today um, and asked if they thought it would be good. Um, They seemed very excited about it. Um, We applied for the permit, and it took several times of going back and forth with the additional things we needed to provide. We provided all of that information, and then we were sent to the uh, Kent Field Planning Committee, Um, The first time we went to that meeting, they realized they had sent the wrong address on the postcards, so they decided to have the discussion but not do it with a vote at the end. So we heard from neighbors, we had the discussion. Again, there was very positive feedback from every neighbor. Um, But then we went back uh, a few months later for the second version. We had the discussion again. We had more neighbors show up, all of them very, very supportive of the property. Bob DeGraff, who's on 103 Oak Avenue. Um, I was hoping he would make it today, but unfortunately it looks like he's not able to be here. He was very excited because he said the basketball court on top of the garage was actually quite uh, annoying for his family, um, and the previous neighbors had played lots of basketball, so they were excited to have more of a restrained environment there. Um, and then the other neighbor on 105 Oak Avenue who has been uh, talked about as you know being an intrusion, um, that house has sold, and the owner of it is planning to totally tear it down and redo it. Um, he has actually put it on the market, so it's unclear if he's going to build or someone else will build. But I've talked to him as well. He has no concerns. Um, I think to the question earlier, this is the backyard of the other people. So even though it is technically our front yard, it is in their backyards, so it's not close to their houses. Um, cool. And so you know, that, that's, the, that's the process so far. Um, we thought the most effective thing to do was to really just show you, you know, some more pictures to clarify how this property, how this addition will look, and then how it will not impact our neighbors in any sort of negative way. In fact, it'll be very positive because they won't have a basketball hoop um, to deal with. Next so, slide, please. Yeah, next slide. So this is the rendering of what it will look like with the pergola. Fireplace. You can see, as noted earlier, the back wall of the fireplace is totally um, obstructed by trees, and the partial obstruction would only be the on that far side.
5: One other clarification. I just want to make sure it, the fireplace itself is not 19 feet tall. It's only that lower piece, and then we were going to put a TV on that wall. So while the wall is tall, the fireplace. We're not trying to build like a gigantic flame. Thing. <laughs>
8: <coughs> this is what it would look like from above and you can see that it is you know significantly below the roof line of our house uh and the, the pool structure next slide this is the rendering of the inside of it and how we hope to make it look obviously you know we have a lot of kids so it may not be this clean all the time, mm-hmm. but the hope is it would be a nice nice place for the family. Next slide. And this is what it would look like from the slope where you saw the picture before, um, and you can see the pool goes in right into the fireplace area.
5: And that you can't really see, you can barely see the top of that pergola. So it's, it's really not meant to be too, too tall. Next slide. So... This is one of the drawings, um, and that bottom drawing actually shows the garage and then the structure above, so really the combined height of it, um, and then where it is in relation to our house and how tall, or maybe not even as tall of our, you know, it's not as tall as our house. I'm kind of trying to give that um, perspective, just given the, the uniqueness of our, of our lot. Next slide.
8: We can go through this earlier since you saw it, but this is where it is. And I think the the key thing to call out is Oak Avenue, where our address is, is down at the bottom. So our house is very far set back from the road. So there's no issue with the road um, or, you know, again, it's the front yard, but there's no road noise that would cause problems, anything like that.
5: And this is also to just highlight how far away it is from our, the rest of our adjacent neighbors' actual houses. So, 10 Mon- Montgomery is the Freeman's here, um, their house. And then um, 105 Oak, you can kind of see where it is at the, the street, and then 103 Oak. And so that red line is where the pergola would be. Next slide.
8: We already saw this one, so the next slide. Now we're getting to the good part, which is this is the um, showing actually the height of the pergola. So you can see that that uh, our friend Rich over there is standing there with a the pole that shows the exact height of where it will be. And we've got a few of these just so you can look at different angles. So that is from where the pool is. Next slide. That is if you look from the front, from like our front yard. Sorry, our house. House. Um, towards 105 and 103, and you can see 105 Oak Avenue is there. Um, There's many trees, we're well below the tree line that's obscuring the view. Next slide. Same thing with 103 Oak Avenue. And
5: this is to show where the fireplace wall would actually be in relation to that, that big tree right there.
8: Next slide. And then this shows the picture that uh, was submitted before, but also the picture with the pergola height. So you can see how tall the pergola would actually be from the lowest point in the property. And again, the lot is just very unique, since our garage is significantly under the rest of the property. Next slide. Just another view here. Next slide. same here, so showing where it would be against our house line.
5: Next slide. Similar. against yeah.
8: our. Just wanted to show you a lot of views.
5: <laughs> Next slide. So this was another kind of view of our of drawings, just in case you have any questions specific to the um, actual plans. Um, I think... Yeah, that's
8: probably it. it, yeah. I think the, the one, I guess, one additional thing to, to highlight is that then the existing garage will not change. So there's no encroachment in new space. There's no reduction in parking. The reason we are building it as a standalone unit is so that we can handle the weight. Um, it is not to, like, we're not tearing down the garage and rebuilding something else or anything like that. There's no you know, new ADU unit going in, nothing like that. It is just shade structure and a fireplace
4: ball.
0: Commissioner Dickinson.
4: Actually, I have a question for you. Um, the plans were a little confusing in terms of whether the columns supporting the pergola were extending down to the um, floor of the garage, in which case they would affect the parking.
9: You know, Ty, uh, I'm Rich Glenn, and I work with the construction company that's been hired to work with them. The, uh, the, the four columns that will come down will be standing independently of the garage. So they're not going to affect any of the parking spaces. But
4: are there columns inside the garage supporting the, the post for the pergola? No, there's not. Okay. The drawings show that, and then there's some change clouds, and it's not clear what... It says per-structural. It takes them out, but then it shows new construction... It would block a garage space.
5: Our garage currently has posts in it. So maybe the project is saying that we would just replace. Life or life in there, but there are posts in our garage to that, uh, because it's a 2 garage. So that potentially might be why. Do you know where it should be? That, that
9: could be what it is. There is one post in the middle of the garage that separates the two stalls, if you will.
6: Mm-hmm.
4: Okay, but there were not, because the drawings aren't, really consistent. There's not a new post inside the garage that would obstruct the parking space.
9: No, there's not. Okay.
3: So is that post being replaced?
9: Is that existing
3: post being replaced?
9: Uh, you know, the right as of right now, the shade structure is going to be, it's independent of the garage. So the garage is not going to be touched. The, the, the uh, columns are going to be on the outside of the garage. Their own footings and foundation.
0: Um, is it your opinion that the bay tree that currently hangs over the garage is will remain or will come out? Or is that kind of up in the air at the moment? Yeah.
9: We'd like to, to maintain everything that's there. That's the goal. We want to have as much protection as possible. Um, We'd have to see exactly where that Mm -hmm. is in the ground, Um, but we would like to keep that.
0: Okay. Any other questions for the applicant? Okay, thank you very much. So we'll, um, oh, are there any members of the public who would like to address the commission on this matter? Solidarity. I like it. Good. Okay, so I'm going to close the public um, portion of this meeting and bring it back to the commission. And, I mean, it is my district, but I'm going to give anybody else an opportunity to opine if you would like.
2: Commissioner Curran. Um, uh, reading the packet, um, uh, uh today kind of... Kind of Further confirms my notion that um, that I, I think this is uh, a very unusual lot. I mean, flag lots, a multi-sided, not just four-sided, multi-sided flag lot, um, uh, is uh, uh, on a slope. Uh, is is in and of itself a, they're unique. They're they're each unique. There's nothing cookie cutter about it. And um, and I. I think that the proposal <coughs> is um, something that's. Uh, I I would like to try and find a way to make appropriate findings to approve it because I think that it's um, better to not be disturbing new land and creating new impervious surface, or we can avoid that, um, which we'd be doing inside yard. I think when I looked at um, at at the the site. Um, Uh, albeit from outside, I still have a good view of the garage and everything, that um, uh, it it occurred to me that the the fireplace wall would would actually be, in a way, a a buffer. The the top of the roof has been used as an activity center for um, uh, leading into this, and that if I were the abutting neighbor, I might welcome the fireplace wall as a buffer, um, between properties <coughs> I was a little concerned about the TV screen and whether that would be a source of noise um, although I was then you know the roof of the pergola would presumably deflect um, that away and it's it is a budding uh, um, a, a rear yard not a front yard or side yard so there is some distance there um, and because everything is proposed uh, albeit being a little bit tall is still way shorter than the house um, next to it. And so um, uh, that all added up to me as as something that I thought c- kind of was reasonable to approve if we can find a way to make the findings because of course that's incumbent upon us to do so.
0: Yep, excellent points. Commissioner Curran and I, I agree. And uh, I would just add that um, I'm inclined to, to support the project and uh, um, if we can make the findings I would want to maybe add a condition that if the bay tree has to be removed that they find similar screening fast-growing tall etc that can um, provide some kind of screening for that for that
1: wall of course, it's well within your purview to approve the project. I think um, the rationale you've just stated in terms of having a multi-sided uh, polygon um, flag lot on a steep slope uh, is, uh, would go directly towards the requirements for allowing an over detached accessory structure, which I think is the key issue here. Um, certainly, we could make a requirement in the condition of approval uh, to replace the tree um, if it needs to be removed um, I would also suggest I think uh, Commissioner Dickinson raised issues about internal consistency of the plans we could also include a condition that prior to building permit any kind of inconsistencies are, are addressed mm-hmm. so that the building permit plans are, are, are a little bit more clear
0: mm-hmm. I would say sorry I'll, I'll, I'll in just one second I would I would just add that I think that in addition to the uh, the special circumstances that Commissioner Curran, raised I would also say that you know the 20 foot height or the over over 16 feet is from grade on a sloped lot and so the actual height above the what appears to be grade which is the top of the garage is really only eight feet so it's it's distinctive in that in that way as well commissioner um yes, yes, hello only been seven years
6: Yeah, I'm I'm inclined. I mean, I agree with the commissioners as well. I especially also agree with Commissioner Kern, and maybe we're just showing our age. Outdoor televisions drive me crazy. So, I mean, I wouldn't say don't do it. It's probably not as loud as the basketball games were, but have a lot of consideration for your neighbors. Mm -hmm. When I go somewhere, and I'm if I've rented a house or even these hotels now, and they've got televisions blasting outside. Again, I realize I am um, an anachronism, but if I were living next door to a noisy TV outside, it wouldn't make me very happy. But otherwise, I, I concur entirely. And I'm, I'm delighted that we can make these findings because I really feel it's important this is not going to be a legitimate finding, I know, but we're letting developers run ragged over whatever they want to do pretty much these days. And when individual property owners want to make changes to their homes, it's going to allow them to stay in their homes and with children. I feel like it's incumbent upon us to support that to the extent that we are able to legally do so, and here I think we are able to do so.
3: I Can I comment? Yep.
6: I I support
3: the project, and I think we can make the findings, but I do want to say that how people use these facilities will change in the future. We don't regulate that um, as long as as the use complies with the zoning code, and so we can expect change, and change will happen. There could be a lot of change happening in this particular square footage, so I think we need to make care not to include those kinds of matters in our findings, and I also think it's important to extend the concept that was raised about replacement of the tree with some condition for the future to, a little bit broader to actually extend to creation of a, of a, a maintenance, shall we say, of a landscape buffer. Because that if, if we're going to use that as part of the findings, I think it needs to remain as a permanent asset of the site because this is essentially an outdoor living room that's being created. And it will change over time. And lots of things will happen there. And someday it might get enclosed as a structure. So one never knows. So we're dealing with the, 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 with, mm-hmm. with the physical parameters of a structure and facility. And I think we need that additional buffering to be able to support the findings.
6: Thank you, Commissioner.
0: And Commissioner Dickinson? <clears throat>
4: I assume the fireplace is not a real fireplace that it's electric, right yeah okay, because otherwise the bay tree not would legal. be endangered by that <laughs> right. fireplace. It be legal, um, I have to say that I disagree with the comments the comments uh made previously by commissioners. I actually um agree with the staff analysis and the staff conclusion, the administrative determination there's a lot going on on this lot it already. And it doesn't count as floor area, but it, in fact, is kind of semi-floor area because it's an outdoor room. Um, You know, it's already at 41% floor area ratio. It's a regular-shaped lot. Um, There's a lot going on there, and I just um, couldn't make the findings to approve it. uh, So I would support the staff recommendation for denial. Commissioner
6: Marais? I would um, also support the staff's recommendation. Um, I think um, the weight of a firewall or fireplace wall is much, much heavier than a basketball hoop. So if if there was anything to happen, you know that becomes really dangerous. Um, Obviously, we can't base every project on that, but that's my opinion. Staff recommendations is what I would go with.
10: just a couple questions to staff Uh, if the commission were were to approve uh, the project here are there any other conditions that the staff would consider to add it seems one thing by the way that adding a a maintaining landscaping would seem to be very important but is there anything else that uh, staff would recommend
1: so we would have a condition for the internal consistency of the plans uh, for tree replacement um, maintaining it is not possible to enforce requirements to maintain landscaping. Um, in actual fact, you know, taking something to court and um, saying, if they didn't maintain it, we'd have to inspect it. Taking it to a judge and saying we wanted to have them plant and maintain the landscaping is not realistic. Um, so we, we generally are not able to place conditions for long-term maintenance of landscaping. It's not usually necessary. Um, in reality, um, it's it's unlikely that this tree will have to be removed. In my view, it may need to be pruned, but it's unlikely that it'll it'll need to be removed. And um, I don't. I, I mean, I think probably if there's a condition saying if it is removed, then it needs to be replaced by a similar species. That should achieve the ends of making sure that the uh, that the long-term screening is is um, maintained without. An additional condition
10: yeah and that's probably my main concern we make sure that if any trees are removed that they would be replaced by a similar tree
1: yeah
10: and also now since we don't have any findings for approval of the project in its entirety would staff come back then with a revised resolution for us to review?
1: we could i don't think it's necessary i mean the, the thing is is that the findings um, most of them are in for approval anyway um, the only ones that are not based are really based on the fact that, the, that we didn't find that it was a unique circumstance for the, for the property. So if we change those based on Commissioner Curran's comments of it being a multi-sided flag lot on a steep slope, I think what that would do is simply allow us to make the rest of the findings. It's up to you. We can bring it back to you if you want, but I, I wouldn't <laughs> typically need, uh, think it's necessary. My,
10: my, just personally my own preference would be to have it come back just and we're making special findings uh for the exception here and i think uh, in my own uh, sense of it's would be better for the commission to be making that finding as to why it approved the uh, project in this case i mean i i wouldn't insist upon that here but I'd defer to the rest of the commissioners but that'd be my own uh, preference
1: in that case what you do is recommend is um is this the last day for action yes yeah, so you need to ask the um, uh, the applicant uh, for an extension uh, direct us to come back with a revised resolution approving the project with conditions
0: would we have to would that be have have to be a notice meeting or could we do that by email
1: would uh, need to be a notice meeting you'd be I'm continuing sure. it to a date certain mm-hmm. so we don't need to send out another notice but
0: yep yeah.
6: okay. sure do, I, well with regard this to this issue I mean we 've done this many many times in the past so i don't I personally don't feel a need to have a new resolution drafted. Um, with re- but with regard to Commissioner Moraes' concerns, I want to make sure. I've just assumed that there is going to be engineering do- done that's going to support the weight. That the pergola itself is not requiring the garage to be weight bearing, but that the weight bearing of the uh, but, but the roof of the pergola is going to be engineered properly. So. Earthquake safety, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, so, um, because I, you know, I certainly don't ever want to discover that we approved something that was unsafe and lives were lost. Um, but just to, but just to, I, I don't know that i Commissioner Maris's concerns or not. But um,
0: can you, if you're going to speak to, I'm sorry, no, it's fine. But it's the, would you mind coming back up to the mic? Thank you.
6: It's because we need you on the record.
9: I just wanted to add something about the fireplace. That is a standalone structure as well, so there's going to be no weight added to the roof of the garage or anything. That's going to have its own foundation as well.
0: So. Thank you. I mean,
6: you're going to, there's going to be a table and chairs. That's over the garage, right? I mean, that's all that you've set that up. But again, I mean, you don't want anybody hurt either, so okay. <laughs> Correct. No not, No injuries Thank you. Any
3: other? Yeah, just for the record, I'd like to ask for clarification that staff doesn't consider this to be habitable space. It doesn't meet the definition for structures habitable spaces, outdoor space.
1: Right, exactly.
3: And if there were some mm-hmm. conversion in the future, then, that, then the floor area ratio... Uh, Commissioner Dickinson referenced would come into play, and there would that would be a whole different discussion. Which, we're yeah, we're, at that point. Yeah, yes. we're not yeah. speculating about that. But I just wanted to address that point because I think it is an important point.
0: Thank you, Commissioner Lind. Anyone else?
6: You want a motion? Can you make you can't make the can't. motion? Okay. So um, I move <laughs> that um, we make the necessary findings as stated to. Enable this project to go forward. So the findings, basically, being that it's an irregular lot on a slope, um, the flag lot, and I don't remember exactly what the other specific multi-sided, were, multi-sided. So you know, and
0: that, it, and that, uh, I do think that it's important that that the um, height of the wall is from the you know grade, which is you know significantly below. I mean, I guess that that has, that goes to you know, it's a it's a slope, but you know, I may, I may also about
1: suggest um, mentioning the screening. Uh, yes. So it's a multi sided flag lot on a steep slope with adequate screening, yep. which ties into requiring that there be a condition maintaining the, uh, the bay tree or replacing it. Thank you. Exactly what I meant to say.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> a condition uh, for the plans to be clarified.
3: Okay, so um, I'd like to request an amend, a friendly amendment to reference um, any tree removal requiring replacement, not just one bay tree.
1: It, yeah, any, any, right, any protected tree, I think. Thank
3: any you, protected tree. And that, would be, that would be great language.
7: Yeah, some of the trees in question, I think, are on the neighboring property um, rather than the subject property. So I think I may be limited to what I can impose if the trees aren't on this property yep
0: that's understandable, so the tree
3: removal requirements under county code do they do they they apply only to property or with uh, trees on the property or is it prop uh, is it trees where the drip line and canopy extends into the property no, I, would... I've seen it written both ways I'm not familiar
1: with the code yeah well they' they're not going to take out some at their neighbor's tree, but no, but uh, the neighbor might.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. pr- you know, things change, yeah. and so we're in th- a time
1: of great change in our society. So, I, I think it's fine just to say to the removal of any protected tree okay. needs to be replaced with two um, uh, native species of, of uh, tree. Okay, yeah. that's uh, good. That's Thank
0: good. you. I'm satisfied with that. So, it's been moved and friendly amended um, that we make a findings to approve this project. Do I have a second?
3: So. I'll second. Oh, we got two seconds. Go ahead. You
6: can.
0: Commissioner Curran is the second. Um, all in favor, and actually, no,
6: we'll do a roll call. Right? Commissioner Dickinson? No. Commissioner Desser? Yes. Commissioner
3: Lynn? Yes. Commissioner Uh Yes. Commissioner
2: Curran? Yes.
0: yes and then um okay so the the motion passes commissioner stepanasech had had recommended that this um, come back to our commission for approval once the um, uh, findings have been redrafted is there any support for that
1: so you've just approved we just approved it yeah
3: Yeah. all right sorry with
1: yeah i mean i i totally understand where you're where you're coming from um and i and i do think it's important for your commission to consider when something comes back to you and when it doesn't Mm -hmm. Uh, in cases like this i'm particularly i'm not particularly concerned about it i think you can make the argument when you're actually modifying a project um, modification should come back to you but in this case the project is clearly shown on the plans. You're just approving it. So I don't think it's too much right. of an issue.
0: And it comes back to me, so you're just going to have to trust me. <laughs> Commissioner Curran.
2: I'd, I'd just like to, um, as you uh, word this, um, um, you know, we've talked about the multi-sided, uh, sloped flag lot, but also that while this is in their front yard setback, it, this is a front yard that's adjacent to not just on one side, but everywhere relevant to to the to the rear of other properties. Mm-hmm. So that what I'm striving to do is have this be as unique as possible. Um, so that we're not setting a, a precedent for, um, for other properties to come in and say, "Well, hey, mm-hmm. um, I think there really are a, a lot of unique characteristics here, and I'd like mm-hmm. to be calling out as many of them as possible in our description." Great idea. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Commissioner Curran.
0: Okay, with that, it's approved. And the appeal rights. <laughs> it's the appeal rights. Um,
1: eight business days.
0: Eight business days. So that would be eight business days. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and with that, the meeting is adjourned.
1: Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
0: You know, the irony of this, I didn't want to bring it up, but if
3: they were coming in and causing an to they could do it and we would have met the decision.
0: Right, right. You know, that's why I say it's a physical
3: structure. What happens in it is not really our call.
0: Yeah. That's it's true. true.
3: It's a permanent physical space <laughs> and it will not modify, and someone might have it right now,
2: and we would probably be happy about that. Yep, exactly. And the policy. So, exactly, you know. exactly. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's everything. It's a whole different world
3: everything
2: now. Everything,
0: everywhere, all at once, right? Yeah. it's a different world. Yeah, it is. It is. It's and so the different. The
3: outdoor living spaces are really pretty special.